Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons. We will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. He asked, "What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. Let's connect with them and pick their brains." But first, a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and raised in Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college, and I love working with students, faculty, and staff. And now, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I'm not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York, for many years, and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their intimate secrets. Whoa! <laughs> Just kidding. We will offer information you may not find anywhere else, though. So stay tuned. Buenos dias. Como están todos? Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Steve and Paulette Tuggle of Medellin, Colombia. Nice. <laughs> Medellin is the second largest city in Colombia, following Bogota. With a population of 2.6 million people, you know what's especially great for us today, Gene? What What is especially great, Gil? That we're all in the same time zone, and I didn't have to wake up at 3 a.m. When do you wake up at 3 a.m.? Well, we got up early for the Paris <laughs> episode. Both Steve and Paulette were born in and spent most of their lives in Houston, Texas. Steve was initially a music major. He played the tuba, but wasn't excited about becoming a band director. He auditioned for and was accepted into the U.S. Air Force's band in Washington D.C., where he spent seven years. During that time, he and Paulette, high school sweethearts, got married, and Steve graduated from the University of Maryland with a degree in accounting, while Paulette earned a nursing degree from San Jacinto College in Texas. Well, playing the tuba or accounting—which one would I choose? I would definitely go for tuba. Sorry, sorry, Steve. <laughs> In any case, Steve worked as a CPA for 35 years, and Paulette was a registered nurse for 40 years. The Tuggles retired in 2016 and have been living in Latin America for the past five years. They blog and share a wealth of information on Facebook. Shortly after they retired, they both felt a strong desire to get involved with Christian ministries. Everywhere they went, they met North American retirees actively helping missionaries or starting their own ministries mostly to help the extremely poor indigenous people of Honduras, Panama, Ecuador, and now Colombia. They're actively working to establish a Christian church for English speakers in Medellin. The Tuggles encourage North Americans to join them and seek outreach opportunities in the expat community. Steve and Paulette emphasize that they love Medellin and have no intention to ever leave. Nice, Steve and Paulette. Thank you so much for joining our show. Take us through your move to Colombia. 
We understand you lived in other countries before, so I am really excited. Hello. It's our pleasure to be here. We retired in January 2016. Originally, we were going to retire at the end of March, but my boss came in and gave me an an offer I couldn't refuse to give me all the same retirement benefits and let me retire in January as opposed to March. And we used that opportunity to try out Roatan Honduras for three months. We had always liked blue water and white sand. We wanted to try it, see how we would like living in uh, with blue water and white sand. We loved it. (laughs) It was wonderful. Right up until it got hot, it got humid. It was very expensive, but we found our first ministry to work with there in Roatan. And the church there just took us in and put us to work and said, you know, we do this, come with us. We do that, come with us. So that was our first experience in ministry in Roatan. And then we moved. We were there three months. Um, It was a little bit difficult because things are, the water is not potable. So we had to have water delivered. The electricity would go out quite often. And it was just that you had to wash all your vegetables and take care of things like that because you didn't ever, you never knew when you might be running across a little bug parasite or something. So you had to take special care for your foods. It was a beautiful place. It was just difficult to live there. Roatan, if you can go to Roatan or Cozumel or any, any place like that, and live in a beach resort that has a generator and doesn't lose power and doesn't lose electricity and doesn't lose uh, internet and you have air conditioning, it makes a big difference. I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Those are (laughs) must-haves. Otherwise, you get salt on your windows. If you wash your windows the next day, you have salt covering the windows again. Sand goes everywhere, gets into everything. And they have these bugs called noceums that will create large welts all over your legs. And <laughs> Oh, my God. Yo, this is Honduras. Right? You're not going there. Oh, my. But there, no, there are no. a lot of expats in Honduras. Isn't that correct? Yes. There are. There are. They're mostly in Roatan. There are some in Honduras, but Honduras is the mainland of Honduras is very, very poor. It's not really attractive to to North Americans as a retirement area. But Roatan is. Mm-hmm. Roatan is because Roatan's a Caribbean island with a with absolutely gorgeous beaches. I think they said at one time there were 200 different dive sites. We we were scuba divers, so we we enjoyed that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of times we would just snorkel right off the beach. And and it's inexpensive to live, right? I heard. It's it's no, it's not necessarily oh. inexpensive. We rented a three-bedroom house for three months, and I think it cost us maybe a thousand dollars a month okay. to okay. to live there. Yeah. That that's uh, why. food is not expensive. You can get we could eat we loved eating all you can eat lobster. <gasps> oh my goodness. Mm, and it was fresh caught. I mean it it Yeah, you talk about fresh caught. We went to a restaurant that didn't have it. We went out snorkeling for a while. This boat of fishermen came up. All of a sudden they had lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you left? 
Roton? We, yeah, we left after three months. We decided that that was a nice place to visit, but it was incredibly difficult to live there. And we went to our, what our first choice was, was Boquete, Panama. Panama City is where the Panama Canal is, and it's at sea level, and it's very hot there. But Boquete is up in the mountains. We were at 3,000 feet. It was much cooler there. So it was, and, and the Boquete has a lot of expats living in there. With about 30,000 total population, 20% of the population are from North America, U- U.S. and Canada. Of course. Wow. Mm-hmm. There were lots of activities for them and lots of opportunities to assimilate and make, make new friends. There were many ministries that came from those North Americans helping uh, missionaries that were there. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a very special place. It was cool. It was also the a coffee area. We had coffee growing across the street from us. Oh, my God. And it was, it was really nice. Every once in a while, you'd hear horses come down from the mountains. They'd ride down to check on things. So it, it, it was a really interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they would be herding cows along the road. Different. Even for Texans, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was very tropical. Fruits and vegetables. Boquete is called the breadbasket of Panama. They grew everything up there. And so fruit and vegetables were very inexpensive. We had lots of animals visit our backyard. Birds of all kinds. We had toucans. We had motmots. We had all sorts of colors of tanagers. And we even had this family of cotamundis. They're members of the raccoon family, but they have a long bushy tail that sticks straight up in the air. Oh, wow. wow. And everybody, they all like bananas. So we went to the fruit stand every day to get more bananas. <laughs> they must have loved you when you moved in. <laughs> but, so we so, love them. And there we lived in a gated community. Uh, it was in a valley. And we had a, a nine-hole executive golf course in the, in the neighborhood. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Mm, nice. But you obviously didn't love it there. The, we loved it for 17 months. <laughs> well, okay. and, and I think we, we told you before that we ne- when we retired, we weren't looking for a place to settle. We wanted retirement adventures. We wanted to go to this place and stay for three months or six months or a month and then go try out another place. But consequently, in the five years that we've been in Latin America, we've lived in five different countries and visited two others. Okay. Can you tell us what the five countries were again? Sure. Um, Honduras, Panama, uh, then visited Colombia for about two weeks, then visited Peru for almost a month, then Cuenca, Ecuador for three months, and finally San Jose, Costa Rica before we moved here. I also went on a mission trip to Brazil. That's our seventh. That's the seventh country. Oh, wow. Wow. That's where you were born, Gil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's where I was born, near Sao Paulo. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But no Fala we Portuguese. We were in Sao Paulo. I was born in a little town outside Sao Paulo. And I will not pronounce it correctly, but it's pronounced, it, it looks like in English, Ribeiro Preto. But I recall my father saying, Hibirong Preto, something like that. So my Portuguese is horrible because I took Spanish thinking that I could learn Portuguese, but no, it's very different. 
So you're in Panama for 17 months. The only thing I recall about Panama is that my my paternal grandmother, who traveled around the world, um, would say the only thing good about Panama is the canal. <laughs> that was that was her uh, take on Panama. But it sounds like you had a great time. We did. But we were much cooler. We visited Panama a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, the city a couple of times. And except for the canal, we didn't really enjoy that part. It was just too hot. But the old city is beautiful. It, 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 Costco Viejo, I think, is what it's called. And if you go there, it's historical and it's nice to visit. But then uh, after that in the uh, canal, I was ready to come back home. It was just too hot. So when you guys started this whole approach, did you have a home base in the United States? We sold a, um, no, we, we started researching this about a year before we retired and came to the realization that, that we didn't want that we, number one, we couldn't afford it if we had a house here in, in the U S. So we sold our house, put it on the market, did a bunch of improvements to it to enhance the value. Then we sold it, and uh, we sold our two cars on the way to the airport. Oh, my goodness. On the way to the airport? (laughs) How do you do that? (laughs) We gave everything away and left with two suitcases apiece. Wow. Wow. Four suitcases. uh, I I did not want to have a – I did not really want to have a storage unit, but I was was overruled. Uh, with, but we got a very small one. Costs us forty something dollars a month. Oh, oh that's nice. Goodness. Yeah. So we have my keepsakes in it. He doesn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> it's golf clubs are there. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's important. <laughs> yeah. Pe- Boquete, Panama, is was much higher elevation. <clears throat> we even had a, a extinct volcano called Vulcan Baru. That was at about eleven thousand feet, and they're they're all along the mountainsides and hillsides. They're growing, they're growing all sorts of crops. The one thing that a lot of people like and a lot of people don't like, we didn't like it, was the amount of rain that Boquete gets. It made for beautiful green, flowering landscape, but it and and also rivers. It was hard having two or three months in a row where it never stopped raining. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That can be that, annoying. That's yeah. some rainy season. Yeah. And your regular season, you, you learned to uh, run all your errands in the morning before about one or two o'clock. And then you were home because you knew it was, was going to rain. It wasn't a little rain. It was a lot of rain. Every day. <laughs> so where did you go after Panama? After Panama, we uh, some friends of ours were going on a trip to South America. And we asked if we could tag along. So they gave us, uh, our friend Eric sent me his Excel spreadsheet of their itinerary. <laughs> nice. I love that. And we met them in Cusco. We stopped in Colombia for two weeks while we waited for them. And then we met them in Cusco, Peru. And we traveled around Peru for three, for three weeks. They went to, to see Iguazu Falls. In Lower South America, oh right, we went to Ecuador. Okay, and that's when you guys went to Cuenca. Yes, and you stayed there for three months. How was that? I hear that's a huge expat community. It it is relative. To the The city itself has about five hundred thousand people, 
And the funny thing is that one of the neighborhoods there is called Gringolandia. No. <laughs> really? It is. It's got a whole bunch of high-rise condos. And, and there is a good population of, of gringos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're pretty close. And a lot of times they go out to eat together. There are several restaurants that really cater to them. Once a month, they would have an ex. I think it was once a month, an expat gathering where people, uh, expats would get together and different people would present their businesses too. So you knew where to go and who spoke English. And that was important for expats that were just starting out that knew no English. I mean, no Spanish. We were very fortunate. The first lady that we stayed with, she had an Airbnb. Her name was Regina. She knew everything and everybody. She had actually started in Mexico, and I think she had been in Latin America for maybe 25 to 30 years. And she'd stayed in a bunch of different countries, Cuenca, Ecuador. I see. But she was an American. Yes. Okay. I think from Florida. And did you at some point consider staying in Cuenca? Was that one of the, because you spent some time, quality time there? We, um, we did we did go with the idea that we were going to stay. Cuenca, Ecuador is very highly rated. If you look at, at International Living and some of the other big publications, they rank Cuenca, Ecuador as in the top three places for expats to retire. For us, even though it was very, very close to the, to the equator, at 8,500 feet of elevation, it was just too cold for us. Oh, interesting. Uh, it was uh, where we live now, the Temperatures range from 60 to 85. There it was from about 45 to 70. And it, and, and it was very high, and some people didn't acclimate well to the altitude. I'll bet. And you don't want to retire to worry about that every day. <laughs> okay. Some people, it doesn't bother them. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Okay. And then you um, moved on to Costa Rica, which we just covered last week. <laughs> a few weeks ago, yeah. Oh, a few yeah. weeks ago. It seems like everybody that. has a different idea about. <laughs> their experience in Costa Rica. Yeah, let's hear yours. I, our, ours was, was kind of interesting. When we were in Boquete, we, uh, when we left Boquete, we had to leave a lot of stuff that we had accumulated. We actually ended up with, I think, 30 boxes of stuff that we left in Boquete when we went to South America. 30 boxes of what? I need to know. Dishes. <laughs> Shoes, clothes, my goodness, a printer. Uh, was that accumulations from all these other places? So you have been no, taking we, no, we just just in Boquete. Hey, and remind <laughs> me, how long were you there for? 17 months. 17 oh, months. okay, okay. Part of the church. We had a lot of, of things that we used in in the ministry and okay. Okay. Sunday school, things like that. All right. Okay. Mugs. I mean, just you know, everything we accumulated. Yeah. Okay, so out of 30 boxes, maybe just one was personal, but the rest was all church related. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. When we left, when we left, the, we left Costa Rica a month later, we had eight gigantic suitcases mm-hmm. that we brought back to the U.S. with us. We, we did make a visit back to the U.S. where we decided we weren't going to live there. <laughs> Oh, That's really? We came to Columbia. Okay. Do you have family in the U.S.? Yes. I have a sister and two brothers, okay. and they all have kids. We have a son. We have a granddaughter. I have a sister and, and 
Oklahoma. her family there in Oklahoma. Okay. And where's your son now? All of, all of my family is in Houston. Oh, okay. So is gotcha. that where you went back to when you went to the state, back to the States, Houston? We, we went back to Houston because we had to take care of a little business item. Mm-hmm. And we decided we were going to check out Hot Springs Village in Arkansas because mm-hmm. we had been there many times and it's very pretty. And we thought we could afford to do that. But we started adding up the costs and we quit counting when we got to, I think we were at 6500 a month and our wow. social security wasn't nearly that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we decided, no, that wasn't probably what God wanted us. He probably wanted us in Medellin, Colombia, where we could live very easily on our social security. So then uh, was that when you decided that enough of uh, the U.S.? Yeah. 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 We just decided that that it was and people argue with me sometimes about it, but but if you really are talking about your all-in expenses, including health care and rent and car payments and everything else, I don't think it's possible to live in the United States on Social Security alone. What was the number you quoted uh, in one of your articles about the health care cost of a couple? Oh, yeah. We've been reading, doing research, and uh, the articles say that the average 65-year-old couple will spend anywhere from $200,000 to $400,000 just in health care over the remaining life. That's amazing. That's an amazing number. Yes. And that's, yes. you know, they, we, you probably read these statistics that say you have to have at least a million dollars in the bank to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, you have 400,000 of that dedicated just to healthcare. Forget about enjoyment or anything else, you know, just surviving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No okay. travel. Travel. We have right. a much different situation in, in Colombia. And that's the reason, one of the reasons we like being here. So okay. what, what made you come to Colombia? Medellin is known as the land of eternal, the city of eternal spring. So the first thing that we noticed was the weather is every day between 60 and 85. There are a couple of rainy seasons, but nothing like what we experienced in Boquete, Panama. So the weather was one of the big things. The second was the cost of living here. You can see all sorts of statistics on the web is about 30% of the cost of uh, living in New York City. And we didn't live in New York City. We lived in Houston and Houston was less expensive, but it's still about 35% of what it would cost us to live in in Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So it costs three times what it, or one third. If it costs seventy five hundred to live in Houston, it costs twenty five hundred for the same lifestyle here. And w- what made you pick Medellin in particular? Our friends and our pastor in Boquete told us about an opportunity that they were looking to start a Christian church specifically for English speakers. Medellin is a very large city. You you said two and a half million population when you include all of the incorporated cities that are part of the metropolitan area, it's closer to 4 million people. There was not a single Christian church for English speakers here. Wow. Wow. Well, that's not exactly true. They do have, um, you can go to a Spanish speaking church and sometimes they will have translators with uh, headsets, but it's not like a normal, like going to an English speaking church in the States. Right. Okay. Yeah. And in our groups, we sing in English, we preach in English, we study in English, we pray in English. It's English. 
Okay. And word has gotten around, so you have enough parishioners and, and everyone's coming over? We actually had five Americans join us this fall. As soon as the, the international airports were reopened, um, one guy came from South Dakota and two couples came from Idaho. And we, we usually, uh, I mean, our group is not large yet by any means. There are about 20 of us, but it's we're starting. And the word is getting out that there's, and we even have Colombians that come. They want to be with English speakers and they're Christians and or they're not, and they come to just speak English, and it gives us an opportunity to minister to them. It's an it's interesting work and lots of fun. <laughs> and what do you do right now? Is there a, I assume you don't have a building, right? No, no, we don't have a building. We operate like, we, we tell people we operate like the first century church. The first century church in Jerusalem didn't have a building. They met from house to house. They met at the temple grounds. They shared everything with each other, and the church didn't actually have a building. The first Christian church building wasn't built for 300 years after Christ. As we grow, we'll probably find a, a Spanish-speaking church to piggyback off of, to let us use their church when they're not using it, maybe and, once a week. And the, the, the pastors here and the, the Christian congregations here, the Spanish speakers, are very open to that, very open, very kind. Yes, how can we help? And they'll just set up a time for us to come. And we, and we were doing that before, meeting uh, Bible studies in other churches. So it was nice. great. So over the course of five years, do you speak Spanish? Did you learn Spanish five years ago? Tell us about that. We know words. We know some words. We can recognize things. We I'll ask a question, but what, what really throws me is I'll ask a question, like, does this bus go to Los Molinos Mall? Mm -hmm. I'm expecting somewhere in the response to hear a yes or a no, see or no, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it'll go for a whole paragraph and I'll never hear the word see or no. <laughs> but they're very helpful. But <laughs> we, we can order in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. We can get in a taxi and go around. We use our translators all the time. We also, if we're in a taxi, my husband is very good about putting it on maps. So he knows where we're going to. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's smart. That's really yeah. smart. It is. When we really have issues, like like when we get into legal matters, we when we leased our apartment, mm -hmm. we have a, a lady here who caters to and helps North Americans, English speakers. Her name is Angie, and Angie makes our lives so much better. <laughs> I'll bet. And she negotiates leases. She finds movers. She signed us up for health insurance, for health care. She makes doctor's wow. appointments for us, dentist appointments. She even arranges trips. Wow. Picks, us, picks people up at the airport, takes them back to the airport. And anytime I get in a real bind for translation, I'll simply call Angie up and ask her, would you please talk to this person and tell me what and handle it and tell me what to say. And she's that readily available. Yes. She, it's her, her whole life is catering to North Americans. That's her business. Okay. Is she an expat also? No, she's a, she's a, a Native. Colombian former taxi driver who wow. very entrepreneurial. <laughs> 
and has now made a made a business for herself and her husband doing this. Wow. So she must be really well known. She is. <laughs> and, and, and it goes from from you know word of mouth. Yep. Do, do you use Google Translate at all? Yes, Every all day. the time. Every day. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's one of the popular translators. Okay. Got it. Yes. Let's talk about Medellin. Tell us all about Medellin and how long you've been there now. We've been here two and a half years, uh, a little longer. Uh, the first time we came here, we were here for a couple of weeks and I was just in love. It was, we wanted to come back and we started looking at furnished apartments. We couldn't find any that we thought we could afford. Steve asked someone in Ecuador about that, and they said, no, you're just not looking in the right place. We went on to Peru, and then we went, went back to the States, and we, while we were in Ecuador, some friends told us they were coming here to start the church. We said, we're coming with you. That's when we came. It was like in all of Central America, the cities I had been in were a little downtrodden. This was like walking into a metropolitan city. It had restaurants. It had malls, beautiful malls. Mm -hmm. It had businesses that you recognized. And, and it was just beautiful. Everywhere you go, there is there are plants that you just see. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful experience. Although there is, you know, anywhere you go that's not your country, there's culture shock. But we have been out of the country a while, so it wasn't so difficult. And just recently having some friends move here, we didn't realize how much culture shock there is. It's an interesting thing to help them through that mm -hmm. or to at least be aware of it again. But as far as Medellin, I don't want to I don't want to live anywhere where I have to pay heat and air conditioning bills again. I want to. Uh, be able to sit out on my patio in the evenings and watch the sunset without being cold or hot. Wow. I love it. Is it the, it's the elevation, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's year round. Yes. Yes. We're at, we're at 5,000 feet. We're in a valley. So we're surrounded by the Andes mountains at seven to 8,000 feet all around us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We have a river running through the valley and the city is on both sides of the river. We don't have a car and don't need one because the metro system here and the taxi system here is very, that they're, I mean, you walk out the door, we have Didi, we have, we had Uber, we have Didi taxis, a wonderful, uh, is it called a subway? It's a, the metro is actually above ground, but it is world-class. It goes from one end of the valley to the other. Hundreds of thousands of people ride it every day. It's a huge benefit for com for commuters, uh, and they've made it very very good, especially for the real impoverished people that are living way up in the mountain where they you know the, they don't have roofs. I mean, it's but they can ride the bus. They can ride the metro for seventy five cents mm. from one end of the valley all the way to the other. Okay. Oh, that's the Plus, bus. Have, the valley runs along the river. And so they have these uh, gondolas that run up into the neighborhoods from the metro stations wow. to get the people to their homes. It is very nice. Oh, those gondolas are for transportation. I didn't realize that. Wow. 
Yes, yes. They weren't built for tourists. They were built to help help people because here in, in Latin America, the higher you go, the less expensive it is because you have to get there. Right. You know, you have to get water up there. Sometimes you have to get electricity. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, that's great. But, that makes um, sense. So the metropolitan area, the the central, if you will, yeah. is the most expensive mm-hmm. because it does have all the amenities versus going further out. Mm-hmm. You know, I I sometimes think that the further out you go, the more exquisite and the more unique, but uh, the poorer actually, right? The the poorer parts of uh, the country live there. All right, I'm going to ask you about the elephant in the room: crime. You know, people have talked about drug cartels. I hear. The crime isn't bad now. It's like any metropolitan cities. That how, how would you describe it? All I can all I can tell you is our ex, our own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Our own personal experience is that we don't we're retired people. We don't go out to clubs and bars at ten o'clock at night. You know, we don't go to ATMs in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't we don't subject ourselves to put ourselves in dangerous positions. Consequently, we don't feel unsafe at all. We walk all over the place. We ride the buses. We ride taxis. We go to malls, to stores, to restaurants. And we've never been robbed. We've never been harmed in any way. We've never been threatened. We know people that have. But most of the times, those crimes are things they've gotten themselves into. They've been in the wrong place at the wrong time. They've been holding their 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 expensive, you know, iPhone 11 or 12 or whatever it is. And, and uh, on the somebody, corner looking for something. And somebody, oh just, somebody goes along with a motorcycle and just grabs it out of their hand. And keeps going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. And we try to avoid that, too, here in New York City. <laughs> yeah. I, I never hold yeah. my phone up or do anything. You know, that's kind of like obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The Colombian, the Colombian cartels were very, very active in the, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pablo Escobar was killed in 1993. I've been to his grave. Oh, wow. And, and Medellin is a much different city now. Yeah, sounds like it. And I really think that a lot of people, as they discover that and, and realize, get the word out, there's so many benefits here aren't found in even in other Latin American countries. Yeah, I hear the metro isn't even in existence in Bogota, that in Colombia, this metro in Medellin is is the transport hub. Yeah. So they put a lot of money in the infrastructure, right? Yes. And they're keeping their they continue to expand it because they started with the big A line that goes north and south through the valley. Mm-hmm. But then they've they've built additional lines that go east-west to connect the rest of the city. And they have those gondolas. They have other metro trains. They have something called a tramvia that is like a streetcar. Oh. They work very hard at trying to improve abilities for people of all economic. And they and they also have buses, green metro buses, but they have all sorts of other public transportation buses. I ride them all the time. Okay. Before COVID, after COVID, Paulette is kind of kind of a standoffish about riding the bus now. Yeah, I don't blame you. But Thank we can you. take taxis. We took a taxi to Price Mart, which is like Costco, mm-hmm. um, yesterday, and I think it cost a dollar ninety four. 
Oh my wow. goodness. Wow. I got you right. That's great. And, and where you are, can you walk to places? Like, can you walk to get some food? Can you walk to a supermarket? Can you that's walk to get a cup of coffee? We, we, that's one reason we moved to Laurelis because Laurelis, we're on the opposite side of the river from Poblado, which is the most popular with expats. But Poblado is very up and down. And Laurelis is completely flat. And we can walk. We have one mall that's about eight blocks from us. We have another mall that's about 10 blocks from us. We have maybe 100 to 150 restaurants within 10 blocks. And three grocery stores. And three grocery stores. And here, if you need to go to the pharmacy and you need medications, they're over the counter. You don't need a prescription. So if you monitor your physical health Mm -hmm. and you know what meds you take, you can walk in and buy them if you don't have insurance. Now, have we talked about healthcare? No, yeah, we let's have talk no. about yeah, let's yeah, talk about it. That was my next topic. Okay. So healthcare here, and there, there are lots of, of resources you can look at online. There's a site called medicineguru.com that has amazing amounts of information. And he wrote an article about the healthcare. He wrote an article about why people are moving from other Latin American countries to Medellin, Colombia, and not so much the other way. Number one was the healthcare system in Colombia. It's the best healthcare system in all of Latin America. Wow. Wow. Uh, Rated 21st out of 191 countries worldwide. And it's very inexpensive. We have nine of the best hospitals in all of Latin America here in Medellin. And as part of our insurance, we have free hospitalization. Wow. I mean, free free meaning, no anesthesiologists, no doctors, no hospital bills, no... That kicks in after you become a resident, I suppose. After you have to become a resident in Mm -hmm. order to join the health insurance program. And there aren't any um, limitations or restrictions. Um, I, I would assume most expats know this coming in and they can take advantage of this right away. Yes. Yes. Um, for the first year, for the first, I guess, two and a half years, we were paying $33 a month together for our health insurance. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. When, uh, after COVID, they started cracking down and they wanted it to be more based on your income. So now our, we pay about $150 a month for our insurance together. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But we get all our prescriptions. All our prescriptions cost, I think maybe they were costing a dollar. I think they're going to cost us about $12 or $13 now. Oh, that's with your insurance or is that the regular yes. cost? Oh, that's- Through our insurance. Wow. That is definitely affordable. It's not even an issue, really. Right. And, and how do you become a, a citizen? That's a that's a good question, um, and that's one of the reasons we like Medellin better than some of the other places. It's actually, one of the reasons we left Cuenca is because we had already gone through the residency process in Panama, and it cost us about three thousand dollars to become residents in Panama. We were going to have to redo that same process in Cuenca because they didn't accept any documents that were older than seventy five days. Mm. And every time you get a document, it has to be apostilled. And that process is at least $100 per document. Ecuador required a lot more documents than Colombia did. 
So we ended up spending about $1,000 to become residents of Columbia, and that covered us for a period of three years. Oh, wow. We're in the process of redoing that right now. Okay, so every three years you have to renew. Mm-hmm. I assume you, you pay somebody to do that for you, correct? Yes, yes. I actually have an, uh, an accountant here. Her name is Paula, and she took me through the whole process. Columbia has a tax structure, income tax structure. Being a CPA, one of the first things I wanted to do was understand the tax structure. So I paid Paula for a couple of hours to sit me down with my set facts and circumstances and explain to me how Columbia was going to affect me tax-wise. Nice. Oh, wow. That was smart. And that's what I always tell people when they ask tax questions on Facebook. I said, people don't know what your answer is because they don't know what your circumstances are. Go find an accountant who knows the law, tell them everything about yourself, and they'll tell you what the answer is. Okay. And I also read that you have to file taxes in both countries, right? In um, Colombia and the United States. That's if you still have residency in the United States. If, if well, you're not resident, you're a citizen. Oh, right, the, right. And we would never give up our citizenship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you stay in Colombia more than 183 days, which is more than half a year, you're treated as a resident and you're taxed in Colombia on your worldwide income. And that scares people a lot. Yeah. Until, until they realize that the government, the U.S. government gives you a tax credit for taxes you pay on the same income in another country. Okay, good. Okay, so consequently, it's not really, it's not a true double tax. You might pay the same total tax, but maybe part of it goes to Colombia and the rest goes to the U.S. Gotcha. I'm assuming that you all are, are, are trying to make, do this podcast to make money. Quite yet. <laughs> if, you earn, if you earn income outside the U.S. and you're really residing outside the U.S. You can exclude each person. So each of you could exclude $107,000 of income, of earned income from foreign sources from your U.S. income tax. Oh, oh that's wow. good to know, Gene, if that ever were to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, that's, un- why you should, that's why you should move to Medellin. <laughs> <laughs> we might just join you there, Steve. You know, it's funny because we're both working full time and we were thinking about relocating after retirement. We hadn't thought about moving out of the country, but the more episodes we do of guests like you guys, it's becoming very tempting. I mean, we did think about living abroad for about 90 days. That is still on the top of my list. You know, one never knows. And Gene uh, said, let's do a podcast because when we did our first trip, it was only to Florida, right? I mean, that's nothing compared to you guys. But um, we realized that Florida wasn't for us. And then COVID hit. So everything kind of shut down slowly. And Gene said, let's do this podcast. And we thought, wow, that would be kind of fun. But we had no idea, no idea the amount of work involved. This is the most fun part, meeting folks like you. And it's really been interesting. It has, I have to say. But everything else that leads up to this it's really what they say. Producing a show that a segment of maybe 60 minutes could take 
hours from the act, well, what I call the acquisition of the guest, right? All the way through the editing process and the show notes and well, you guys do YouTube also. So I, so you understand um, it's a lengthy process. Monetizing, we have no clue. We have no clue, but we're very happy that we're growing organically and people from all over the world are tuning in. So, so that excites us. And we were just written up in a magazine. So that was good. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We were just uh, in one of our, um, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll magazines. send that to you. Yeah. I, I have a question. You talked about shopping and the malls. The malls you go to, they're, they're what we think of as American malls, or is it like I was reading this something called um, the Hole? H O L E? Yeah. Yeah. That's the American, but there's, um, what is it? El Hueco? Oh, El Hueco. That's the big El Hueco. That's the yeah. big El Centro um, shopping area. And if you need anything, you, if you know where to find it there, you can get it. It's a great shopping area. It's very busy. It's very crowded. But anything you want, you can find there if you know where to look for it. Uh, that's what they're saying. You open the door and it's one place has all ro- different spots of running shoes. Another place might have all watches. Is that how it's like? What it's like? Uh, and well, actually, in a lot of in a lot of cases, the uh, we bought a sewing machine down there in El Hueco. There was 10 different places all side by side where you could buy sewing machines. <laughs> wow. We bought our refrigerator down there. And the refrigerator stores, the appliance stores are next to each other, you know, for maybe a block <laughs> and a half or so. Okay. The textile stores, Paulette loves to go and look at fabrics. Mm-hmm. They're right next to each other. They take up two, literally two city blocks on both sides of the street. Wow, that's wow. got to be fun. If you're looking at one place, does somebody from another store come over and say, oh, I have it less expensive over here. Come over here. Do, <laughs> do they do that? They, I, I have never seen that done. Uh-huh. Oh, because that's nice. Everybody knows that you're, you can look at this and then next door you can look at right. something very similar. And But we don't make large purchases without a facilitator. Oh. Because we don't want to be gringo. Yes. So how does that work? How do you find a facilitator? Angie's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Angie's Angie's husband, Jorge, takes Mm -hmm. Steve when we need an appliance and they go down and Jorge does the negotiating. Negotiating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We've, I've been in a building, I've been in buildings where you walk and, and there's this whole, there's this restored, it looks like a government building. It's got it's six or seven stories. It's got escalators all the way up. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. And you walk around there. I actually got my, my phone and opened it and, and walked around the entire first floor. And all it was was shoes, 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 shoes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the next floor might be jewelry, you know. Oh, wow. Jewelry. Oh, that's so interesting. Be, uh, something to sew with. Uh, so but you could... El Hueco, we love. I love going to El Hueco. It's it very fun. Yeah, it's it's it can be somewhat intimidating if you're not used to it. Sure, sure. And we also have regular, brand new American style malls. Oh, our when we lived in Poblado, we lived about three blocks away from Santa Fe Mall. Santa Fe Mall would take your breath away. Hmm. It uh, has five floors, has every conceivable store you can imagine and does your mall have a retractable roof 
No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard of that. Well, yeah. This one has two retractable roofs. They wow. Have, they keep them open during the day unless it rains, and then they shut them. One of them is over just the food court, and the other one is over the rest of the mall. Uh, we have a mall called uh, Tesoro mm -hmm. that we always take all of our visitors up to. It's a beautiful mall, but it's up up in the hills, and it has a gorgeous view of the whole city. Wow, that's nice. Uh, wow. Can we just go back to healthcare for a second? Because I understand that. Um, the healthcare system is great, but if I were just to move to Medellin and I, let's say, had an anxiety attack, um, how do I go about finding a physician? And and is that easy or difficult? You would do it word of mouth. That's mm -hmm. the best way. Now we, Paulette needed an ophthalmologist. She wasn't willing to wait for two or three months mm -hmm. to for the insurance to approve it and let her do that. Angie found her ophthalmologist who charged her $75 and spent maybe an hour with her. Wow. Nice. Figuring out what was what her problem was and diagnosing it and giving her a prescription. I needed a dermatologist. Angie found a dermatologist right across the right across the hall from the ophthalmologist. Both of mm. them were friends of hers. Mm -hmm. And for again for $75. She did a complete examination of me, found all the little spots. She said, this one needs to be burned off with this. This one needs to be done with this. <laughs> and then she did it. Mm. She oh, wow. didn't say, oh, come back and we'll go right, to the right, right. clinic and charge you another $300 to do this. Right, right. It was all part of the same. Wow. wow. Nice. And do also the doctors speak English? No, it's, it's hit and miss. Okay. It, down here... English is, you don't find it very often. You find it with other English speakers. You find occasionally people who have taught themselves English because they know they can make more money if they speak English. Mm -hmm. Sure. But a lot of the, I had an appointment with a, with a psychologist to renew one of my prescriptions and she spoke perfect English. That was just last week. That's very rare. Okay. Yeah, I read about that. So you really need to know someone or you, you plan ahead, obviously. You're going you're gonna to need to plan ahead. You and, know Angie. And, yeah, you, you have to know Angie. <laughs> My God, how many people does Angie know? She must be so busy. <laughs> she was very busy. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people in Colombia are very entrepreneurial. That's it. <laughs> when COVID struck it and Angie and Jorge got to where they couldn't go places and pick up people at the airport. That was a big part of their business. They simply came to us and said to our, our expat group and said, you know, I will go and pick up all your groceries. You make a list and I will shop. I will, you know, we'll still go to doctor's appointments. If you need anything, I'll do it for you. That, that way you don't have to go out because she's younger and we were older and we were at risk and we were actually told not to go out of our houses. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, you couldn't even go out. You could go out for a walk one hour a day. She simply made that part of her business. Wow. And, and she charges, she charges the equivalent of around $10 an hour. Wow. That's great. To, That's good, yeah. to do that. And, and if she's doing it for multiple people, we split. So uh, she might be gone to, she might have a Costco or a, or a smart, a price smart run that takes her four hours to take care of everybody. 
and we'll pay her an hour and the other three people each pay her an hour and we'll be done. Oh, and the other thing in Colombia in Medellin is you can have anything delivered from anywhere. You don't ever have to go out of your house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we've been seeing more and more of these uh, Amazon trucks and vans on every block. Oh, there's Um, so many. You know, and now we can get you know we can even get one hour delivery of almost everything. They're all competing against each other. So when you order things, I mean, are, are you saying that you can order anything from? anywhere in the world or back from the States? Um, what are you normally ordering? Yeah, we, I think Paulette was talking about locally. Okay. Um, and we have these little, these little stores, these little st- mom and pop stores all over the place. Mm-hmm. I have one around the corner from us. They gave me a, their, they gave me a little refrigerator magnet with their phone number on it. That was smart. And Paulette and I want a bottle of wine at 830 at night. We call them and within five minutes, they're at our apartment with a bottle of wine. No. Nice. <laughs> very con- wow. Talk about convenience. <laughs> yeah. you, you can order from restaurants the same way, from, from the Costco Price Mart the same way, from mm-hmm. the grocery stores the same way, just like in the States. And we also now can get deliveries in Colombia from Amazon. Not everything, but a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And if you spend $35, there's no shipping fee. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And Amazon you- opened a big warehouse in Bogota. And that made, before then, we were shopping at Amazon, but we'd have all of the things delivered to our shipping company in Florida. And the uh-huh. shipping company in Florida would ship it to us. And we'd oh. pay a little bit of shipping charges. It's good to know. What about, you You talked about not, not being able to go out during covid Uh, Has a vaccine come to your city? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're reading about it. We haven't, we haven't, we're not in the first group. The first group is, is a little bit older than we Uh are. And medical. And, uh, and, or medical needs. But but yeah, we've got literally millions of vaccines either already purchased. Some are are already here and have been dispensed and others are on the way. They're expecting to vaccinate over half the population in the next 12 months. Okay. okay. And that includes the, the people like us, so non-citizen pre- residents. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, pre-COVID, what types of entertainment uh, popular? I know for me, one of the things I would love to see is the uh, botanical garden, but um, you tell us. The, we have in August, we have a beautiful flower festival. The Botanical Gardens is part of that, and it's all decorated. There's a parade. It's beautiful. The people, they have these huge, like, they're 10 foot in diameter. They carry them on their backs. They're wooden, and they're all decorated with flowers. And there are hundreds of people that do that. We had plays. We had concerts. We used to love Outdoor concerts, free outdoor concerts, free concerts at the mall from the symphony. A lot of things you could go out to eat. You know, it got to where you could only order out. Now that restaurants, you could order only order out. Now the restaurants um, are open for business, but there, of course, is distancing. Mm -hmm. We had lots of movie theaters that aren't open. We would get American movies here. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time a new movie came out in the States, we got it here. Oh, in, in, in English? In English with Spanish subtitles. 
Oh, so we got to hear it in English mm-hmm. and the people that were Spanish could walk, could read it. Okay. Okay. They also made them Spanish with English subtitles and they were dubbed, but we always went to the ones that were in English. M- great movie theaters. I mean, like AMCs and uh, everything that you have in the city mm-hmm. in, in the States, we have here. Oh, okay. And, and the restaurants, can you find reasonably priced restaurants with good food? Uh, they're much less expensive than the U.S. We can start with Tipico. Okay, well, so there, there's there's a food typical to Latin America, especially this one is typical to Colombia. It's and they call it Tipico, T-I-P-I-C-O. Their executive lunch is twelve thousand pesos, which is equivalent of about three dollars and fifty cents. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! And for that, you get we get a. a a grilled chicken breast, rice, salad, soup, uh, plantain, and and an arepa. Arepa is like a hard biscuit. We don't like them, but they're very popular here. <laughs> so that's and that's really good. And and that we've gotten to the point where we really like that food. It's very it's very bland. They don't put spices on. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like Mexico. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And have you? I heard the fried pork belly is supposed to be popular there. Have you tried that? Ooh. Yeah, I think they call them chicharrones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes, they are very popular. They look like they look like thick pieces of bacon, uh-huh. and and then they when you buy them, they I watched them yes uh, last week. They take a knife and they go <laughs> like this all the way down the bed. So each one is a bite size. Okay. They're still connected, but you've got them at least broken, and and then they, they fry them or grill them. And okay, in a typical meal, sometimes you'll get a choice of meats. You get a beef, or it's like a flank steak, or a chicken, or chicharrones. Sometimes you get choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, Gene uh, won't be eating out of that. He's <laughs> uh, he's he's not a vegetarian because he does eat chicken but that's about it <laughs> well we have we have great restaurants here well let's go a hamburger how much do, we have a mcdonald's okay which which we go and kind of smell the food but <laughs> <laughs> how much like chef burger how much is chef burger you know i don't i don't know okay i don't know uh, <laughs> we, the, the restaurant the restaurant prices sign. here are maybe fifty to sixty percent of what the same thing would cost. We have a wow. we have a taco house here that's just like Chipotle. If you're familiar with Chipotle, sure, yeah, sure. of course, you can get a burrito, you know, with all yeah. sides and everything. And I think for that costs about twenty five mil deliver. And twenty five mil is twenty five mil is uh, equivalent of about seven or eight dollars. Oh, oh, nice. So basically. In Medellin, I wouldn't have to cook. I could eat out every day or have delivered food every day and not worry about cooking and and <laughs> no, but but also as, aside from well, aside from Chipotle <laughs> and restaurants, I would want something obviously a little healthier. It sounds like we could do that on less than ten dollars per person a day. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is one I of would, my goals. I would say uh, maybe. Maybe twelve. Maybe maybe twelve, or it, it depends because there are lots of choices here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you go to there's an area in El Poblado called Provenza, and Provenza has the higher priced restaurants. Okay. Um, and but they are 
you know, the best sushi you can find, there all sorts of salads. That was my next question. How diverse is the food? And you just you just nailed it. Sushi. Uh, I can't live without sushi, but I lived without sushi in Boquete for 17 months. When we got here, we were here for 10 days and I had sushi five times. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm with you. And it's healthier. All right. All right. I need to change the subject. Okay. Airport. How far is the airport? Yeah, and good. do they fly to the States directly? Uh, yeah. Medellin has an international airport. Bogota has a much bigger international airport. And there are many more flights uh, from the U.S. and from other parts of the world in, to Bogota than there are in Medellin. But Medellin has an international airport. Uh, it used to be about an hour drive from here, but they dug a, they, they cut a tunnel through the mountain. And now it's a 30 minute drive. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so great. And, and they're doing that a lot in Colombia. They're cutting tunnels through the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the Indies mountains down here. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So uh, they, they cut tunnels to make the commute, make the drives a lot better. That's so uh, how, how often do you fly to the States? Does your Never. son come see you or do you? <laughs> you said your granddaughter comes to see you, right? Our granddaughter comes to see us. Our, our son works all the time. He doesn't get away. Mm-hmm. If he does, he's camping in Colorado. <laughs> but uh, our granddaughter comes. Uh, she came everywhere we lived to visit. And oh, that's so nice. Uh, the only place she didn't get to come was Cuenca because it was like two days and she wasn't quite old enough to stay overnight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, she missed last year because of COVID. Yeah. And she yeah. missed this year. So uh, she'll be back next year, I'm sure. She came She came in December of 2019. Okay. And stayed with us for two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Then she, she didn't come and, and she didn't come in 2020. Sure. Yeah. But we're hoping that she'll come sometime this year, maybe mm-hmm. in the summer, maybe in the fall. We go, we go parasailing. When she comes. Whoa. Oh, nice. You guys are adventurous. They run off the side of a mountain. And- oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is it scary? I wish our audience could see you, Paulette. <laughs> Imitating a flight. Paulette has her hands in the air yeah. <laughs> and her eyes wide open. <laughs> how, how old is your uh, grandchild? Well, she's, she's 23 now. Oh, okay. 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 So she's traveling alone a lot. She was 18, but. Um, okay. But- okay. Okay. She's, she's old enough to travel by herself. Yeah, okay. yeah. How long is the flight from where she is to you guys? Um, to get here from Houston, you either take United slash Copa that goes to Panama City and then from Panama City to Medellin. Or you go from Houston. There are no direct flights from Houston. You go from Houston to uh, either Miami or Fort Lauderdale. And you can take either Spirit Airlines, Viva Airlines, or American Airlines to directly into Medellin. And how much does a flight typically cost? I guess round trip. Do you Honestly, remember? they're all over the map, and, mm. and they're they're much less expensive now because they're trying to fill up the planes. Yeah, true. And when this that was our experience when Southwest Airlines started flying to Costa Rica to San Jose, Costa Rica, they wanted to fill up the plane. And so the flights were very inexpensive. We often, instead of flying from Panama, we would take a bus from Panama to Costa Rica and then fly from Costa Rica directly into Houston. Okay. And the bus plus the two hotel nights plus the airfare was less than it would cost us to fly United directly into Houston. That's amazing. Oh, wow. So what do you guys miss 
I know you've been out of the U.S. for a good solid five, six years. Um, any you miss anything from back home at all? I miss getting together with our family, mm-hmm. but we Zoom with them when we can. You know, mm-hmm. when they're available, we Zoom with our granddaughter all the time. Mm-hmm. But our um, and we Zoom with other other friends. My number one hobby in Houston and the thing that I thought I was going to spend my retirement doing was playing duplicate bridge. Oh my goodness. What's And uh, I had a whole bevy of friends and we all played bridge. We went to bridge tournaments all over the U S wow. Wow. Uh, played in local tournaments and in Dallas and statewide tournaments. And it was a lot of fun, very super competitive. I did that for the last 10 years I was in the U S when we moved, it was just kind of like, well, that was that chapter. Here we're going on a new chapter. Oh, great. So you haven't tried to form a little group in Medellin? No. Uh, <laughs> when we were in Cuenca, we played we played a little bit of bridge, maybe once a week. Most of the people weren't very weren't very skilled. Mm-hmm. They were there just kind of for the fun of it. And right. Not it tournament kind of, level. It was party bridge. Oh. Okay, okay. So it doesn't sound like you miss anything or not much. Besides family, yeah. We don't yeah. miss we don't miss the weather. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> we feel like we have perfect weather here. It and, sounds like it. And I don't know any place in the US where you can guarantee yourself sixty to eighty five every day. That's beautiful. Wow. I hear the graffiti street art is beautiful. Have you found that? Yes. In fact, if you went on my retire outside USA website, I did several articles, my blog, I did several articles about about that and took some pictures and they're, they're very intricate. Some take whole walls of buildings. Wow. There is a area called Comuna 13 that has quite a bit of, 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 of street art that there are tours where you can go there and see it. Wow. wow. There's that much. It's beautiful. Yeah. Can you tell us when you were um, looking for a place to live and where you currently live, uh, your living quarters, is it, um, what what kind of structure are you in? Are you in a tall building? Are you in a single uh, story living quarters? We've never wanted to live in a single story here. We always wanted to live in a high rise. When we started, we lived in Poblado, which is the number one place most expats, when they come think of going to Medellin, they think of going to El Poblado. We were on the 20th floor of a, a three building complex. We had we have three bedrooms and two bathrooms, and we had a storage unit down in the basement in the parking garage. We had pretty much an unimpeded view of half the city. So there was a school right below us. They weren't going to build any any buildings between us and the city. So we 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 really liked that. We moved to Laurelis. We were on the third floor of a building that was. It was completely surrounded by other residences. We couldn't see anything. And then uh, last October, we found this place. Uh, It's our favorite of all the places we've lived. We have a 15-story building that has 14 residence floors, and there's one apartment per floor. Oh, wow. Uh, We have three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two and a half bathrooms. Plus, we have our own elevator bay. Plus, we have our own storage unit around the corner uh, on the same floor with us. And we use that. We use that as an overflow. We put our fridge, our freezer in there. 
<laughs> Plus all of our suitcases and everything else. It's like having a little garage. And yeah. we're on the seventh floor and we have a view looking south that's really just breathtaking. That's amazing. Wow, you have the whole floor. And we, um, have, and we have electronic access for the elevator. You have to have a card to be able to get to our floor. Oh, that's, that's great. That's important for safety. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How big would you say the the your apartment is? Can you give us a sense of you said three bedrooms, so that's a really good size. Wow. It is. We we were talking about that. It's as I think it's the same size as our first house was. I think it's about a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe eleven. Okay. With that's the outside. Size. Yeah. It's an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's that's a really and good size. You were talking before that you will purchase the refrigerator. Refrigerator doesn't come with the apartment. The only thing that comes with the apartment, that was very strange to us. You get a stove. You you uh you purchase your washer washer and dryer if you want a dryer. Mm-hmm. You purchase your refrigerator and microwaves, things like that. The only thing you have is a stove and and a sink, a kitchen sink. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to bring your own light bulbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, funny. you better not be moving in in the dark without those light bulbs. <laughs> okay. uh, we could have rented a, a, a furnished apartment. Uh-huh. They're just more expensive. And we knew we were going to stay and we wanted we, we knew we could save a lot of money by buying those things and renting unfurnished. Yeah, plus yeah, you have so, your own stuff. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, you have your own stuff and you can buy it um, at your own pace, right? So you can yeah. decorate the way you want to. Okay, that's really cool. All <laughs> right, have we have we not covered everything do you guys think of? Um, I would just I would just say this. Our our goal is to attract retirees to Latin America, specifically to Medellin, Colombia. And so we we do a lot of writing and we do a lot of uh we're trying to do more more videos. Talk about the advantages of living here, especially for those people who don't have the magic million dollars in the bank and are worried and think that they don't have any choice but to keep on working. We try to show them that it's very easy to live here on just your social security, covering everything. And we think that as hopefully COVID fears subside, and people start looking at the two true cost and, and whether they can retire or not. We think Medellin is a very, very good alternative, especially since we've lived in four other places. Yeah, know? really. It sounds beautiful. I, I, I am very curious to hear what you thought of Costa Rica, though. Costa Rica, for, for us, Costa Rica was a little bit of a problem because we had 30 boxes of stuff. <laughs> In in what way you couldn't find a large enough uh, apartment or? We uh, well we we went we we kept that stuff because we thought we were going to really like Costa Rica and we were going to live there long term and so we put we put thirty boxes of stuff I took fifteen of them on a on a bus across into Costa Rica from Panama put them in a hotel room went back to Panama got the other fifteen boxes the next day with Paulette. And we put them all in and transferred it into Costa Rica. We got to Costa Rica and everything was really expensive. Ah. Uh, for example, they have a TGI Friday's restaurant in yeah. San Jose. We went in, we wanted to order a Cobb salad, which is one of our favorite things to eat there. 
It was 18 US dollars. Oh my goodness. That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> huh. And yeah. taxi rides were, were very expensive. The Airbnb that we stayed in there was $1,200. And it was basically, it was a, just a studio apartment. Oh my goodness. Whoa. And is that because there were so many tourists there? Um, I don't, it, San Jose is a really big city. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have, they have coffee places. They have waterfalls. They have lots of things to see. And a lot of, a lot of airlines fly there. It wasn't beautiful enough to equal the cost. Understood. You know? Yeah. Yeah, we get yeah. it. But you have yeah. everything in Medellin. It sounds like Medellin's great. That you found in Costa Rica, right? Other yeah. than the cost. Medellin is, is just as big as San I guess it's just as big as San Jose. Um, the public transportation system here is just completely Far. outclasses anything in, in San Jose. We can get where we want to go. We can live where we want to live. Our three-bedroom apartment costs us about $750 a month. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, that I I want. I was curious about that as well. And okay, that's good we to know. Pay another about one hundred and fifty dollars a month for utilities. Mm-hmm. We don't have an air conditioner. We don't have a heater. Uh, we leave our windows open all the time. No we screen. A, we have a breeze through the through the apartment almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow! And and you don't have like too many bugs or anything uh, other than those things that fly through your window. Um, we we very rarely see any bugs. Occasionally we'll see a fly. Occasionally we'll see some June bugs, but we don't have screens on our windows. We don't have screens on our balcony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And our balcony opens. It's a. It's our window is 105 inches. We met, had to measure it because we had to wow. get window coverings. So our, nice. our balcony door is 105 inches. It's got three doors, and you push them all so you open oh. the whole thing. That sounds gorgeous. I, I can envision that. And do you have someone who helps out with issues in the building, like a superintendent of sorts? Yes. His name is Darlinson, D-A-R-L-I-N-S-O-N. Okay. And he's what is called here a portero. Okay. He works from eight to five every day. He, uh, when we come home with groceries, he meets us and picks and grip, grabs them and puts them in the elevator for us. Oh, wow. wow, it's like a doorman. Um, yeah. When he's he's there at the door, if we if he'll see us coming up, he'll open the door for us. It's locked. Mm-hmm. He'll go out and get us a taxi if we need one, and he does all the maintenance. And he's when a- we when we recycle, we call him. We've got a phone directly to him. We say, "Darlinson, recycle." Ah. He knows that we're going to put the bag on the elevator and he's going to push the button to take it down and deal with the bags. Wow. You guys are really living. Shoot. We've got to shoot for trap for trash. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And and how are the green efforts? Is recycling uh, a big thing yet or are you guys ahead of us? I know in Europe, um, recycling is one of the top priorities. How about Colombia? They just passed a law. You green bag your wet stuff, you white bag your recycle, and you black bag everything else, and that's how it's divided. Oh, that's great. And do you have to take anything to any facility, or do you just put everything in those colored bags, right? Yeah, we put those in the colored bags. We put the white and the black one on the elevator, and we put the green one down the trash chute because it's got all organic material. Okay. And when you're purchasing, I guess, fruits and vegetables, do you bring your own bags or do they? um, Yes. 
Yes. Okay, so yes. so they've they've uh, banned the use of plastics, anything like that? No, they charge you. They charge you like uh, ten pesos if you want a bag. Okay. So, well, some some stores have plastic. Some stores, if you didn't bring your bag, you buy one. It's a a, a, a reusable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No, that's good to know because that's really important to me. Um, is there any advice you'd like to give to future retirees wishing to move abroad? I'm certainly going to, uh, we're going to link all your um, information in the show notes and Steve, your blogs and any, you know, please send us anything else that, yeah, yeah. Cause we have, uh, we've read a lot of your materials and we thank you for sharing everything that, that you have so far. And um, we, we did meet on Facebook. I, I follow the, the content of yours and it's been very helpful um, I certainly want to visit Medellin. That that's that's on our list as well. <laughs> so, any any future parting words for future retirees? I would tell you that we're 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 we are looking to establish the English speaking church, and as the more we publish, the more we get contacted. Mm-hmm. And just in the last month or so, we've had two different people from Texas move here, which is kind of surprising because lots of times when I meet new people, I, I just kiddingly say, what part of Texas are you from? <laughs> sure. And then they say, no, we're from London or no, we're from Ontario or we're from Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but these people were, these two were from Texas and we're having lunch today for, uh, I think 12 people are on their way to our apartment. Oh, nice. We'll here in about an hour. Okay. And did they, um, find you through Facebook or how did you, um, Almost everybody that found the church did a search in Google or Facebook for English speaking church Medellin. Okay. We're basically the only one. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. And it's a good thing I you're doing it. Say that don't be afraid. Go out there and uh, organ- do your homework, organize an adventure, live someplace long enough to know whether you want to stay there permanently and then move to the next place or plan for the next year. Don't be afraid. Thank Go get them. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds yeah. good. Yep. Yep. That ties in with, with something I, I just like to, most of these countries, you can go for 90 days just on your passport. Right. You don't need any kind of residence, any kind of visa, anything. You just go with your passport. You show up and they'll let you stay for 90 days. Most of them will extend you for another 90 days, but you have to go to the immigration office and actually ask permission. That's good to know. You just can't know someplace if you go there for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Right. You might know what it's like to visit there, but you don't know what it's like to live there. And so we encourage people to go for a month, two months, three months. And the craziest thing people think I'm crazy is start in Chile and you can go all the way up through Canada, staying every place for three months. And it would take you about five or six years to do that. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I've never heard it said like that. That's yeah, funny. that's so interesting. Okay, good. All right. all right. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, we really appreciate the time that you spent with us. And um, this was a very memorable episode. And hope we'll stay in touch. Well, thank you again. We're, thank looking, you so we're looking forward to seeing how much, see what, what you edit. <laughs> <laughs> this has been really spectacular. Well, thank you. We've had, thank we've you. thoroughly enjoyed it also. Yeah. I was, I was really looking forward. You too. Nice you meeting too. you. Yes. Okay. Take care. <laughs>
Bye bye. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you know of someone who relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Don't leave out that underscore. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, be well.